Welcome back, my friends. This is the John Lovell Show. And today we're talking about extraterrestrials. That's aliens. And I thought I didn't have a lot to say, but then me and Chad got in a big debate. Chad, you know that's not going to work, buddy. I feel like I could get it. Hold on. <laughs> the benefit isn't worth the cost, man. It's not worth it. You're right. So, yeah, I was right. Uh, we're, right. We're, we're all looking fantastic. Heath, Yeah, Mario? no, we're covered. No aliens getting in here. Mars, this, it, like antenna like you can speak through it or is that tusks what yeah it's actually a communication device right now i'm actually getting signal right now Fanta, i have my alien blaster right here these will be for sale soon this is a prototype but it can totally shoot aliens uh i'm gonna go directions that you guys probably wouldn't expect i guarantee you i'll give you arguments that you have never thought of some of us in the studio are pro yes there are aliens and some of us are anti and so we're gonna jump into all that we'll have fun i do think there's some relevant application here of like um We'll save it. Here we go. John Lovell Show. All right, guys, before we go too far, you know what time it is. It's time for the shameless plug. Oh, that was great timing, Mario. Good job. This week, we're talking about the Splinter EDC knife. Right now, they're on sale 40% off. We've got a bunch of knives on sale. Go and check those out. Now, the Splinter knife is from Alex Steele and Will Stelter. It is full of lethal protection. You can open up letters with this. You can cut fruit with it. You can do a number of things. It comes with a handy sheath with a J-clip. You can adjust it different ways. Easy to carry. Check it out. 40% off. WarriorPoetSupplyCo.com. I hate to lose this stuff because yeah. we spent quite a while on it. I got my little antenna, so if there is contact to be made, I will make it first, right? Yep. It goes without saying. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, let, let's uh, survey the studio real quick. Mario, yay or nay, if you had to commit, there are or there are not aliens? <sighs> it's tough, but I'm going to say yes. Yes, there are. Heath, what about you? Can you define aliens for me? Uh intellectual, uh, sentient, multicellular life that is not on this planet. Can I say maybe? I'm not sure. Okay, that's fine. Okay. But only one maybe. And, and all right. Chad? Dang it. All right. I like to have an open mind, but I'm definitely going to say, yes, they're out there. They're out there. They're out there. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm a hard pass. I'm a no. Okay. I'm a no. I do not believe so. Uh, Chad, what is your main go-tos? If I, I was saying, hey, Convince me there's aliens. So off the bat, time and, and scale. So the universe having been around for, you know, billions of years uh, and the scale of it, right? Milky Way alone, 100,000 light years across. We've got maybe half a trillion planets, maybe, maybe 500 billion, some estimates. And we're looking at, again, some estimates between 200 million and as many as 40 billion Earth-like planets in the habitable zones of those stars, and that's just our galaxy. So there's trillions of galaxies out there. That math alone makes me want to think, eventually, with the amount of time we got and the scale that we're working with, there's got to be something, man. Look, I hear this argument a good bit of the universe is so big, there's got to be something else out there. That, that That's the basic argument, right? Right, right. Okay, uh, what else? So, granted... The Fermi paradox tells us that we know we got a lot out there, but we're not seeing much. So I think there's a lot of explanations as to why we haven't seen anything that make it 
a little bit reasonable to understand maybe why we feel as lonely as we do out here. But I will say we can definitely chalk it up as something special, intellectual, advanced life as we are now. It doesn't seem to be commonplace in the universe. So for what is out there, I think it's going to take quite a bit of time until we find it. But I think, again, time working with the scale there, we're pretty young ourselves. And there's a lot of time out there for another form of life, whether it be single celled or multicellular, to get to a point if, you know, if, if this life is going to evolve in a sense to to be somewhere that we haven't been yet. So, so if I'm hearing you right, the first piece was is the universe is so big, something else has got to be there. And the second piece is, is uh, there's enough time that something else would originate. Right, right. Okay. Well, what else? Uh, I think another aspect is just that, and this kind of folds into the two of those, is just that we don't have much information ourselves yet when we look out into the night sky. At any given time, we can only look at such a small portion of it. It's like we're turning over one grain of sand on, you know, the, the cosmic beach. So I think knowing how limited we are in our search, it leaves it leaves that room of, you know, what we haven't found versus, you know, what we do find. It seems to just be begging the point you were making, point number one, it's really big. You're just adding another bullet point under it saying, and we really suck at searching, sure. right? Yeah, basically. Uh, but give me some evidence that that you know, is right here on this earth. I mean, there's UFO sightings and stuff like that. And now Big Brother's coming out and saying, hey, it exists. And oh, what would you cite that's like inside uh, our atmosphere? Sure. Um, well, putting aside some of the more, I won't call them sensationalistic, but some of the more famous stories, like, uh, I don't know if it's Trevor or Travis Walton. Um, I think it inspired the movie Fire in the Sky. He was like a logger. I think this was around the 60s maybe and he had a story of abduction that was then corroborated by a series of other people he was out there with um, who all took uh, polygraph tests they were all found to be you know telling the truth on a basis of the results of those tests they had stories that um, you know corroborated one another's and there's just a lot there and similar testimonies like that over time that seem to be inexplicable but beyond just you know the comments or the stories from people out there, I think some of the more convincing data that we have right now is the uh, the footage and the data from um, some of the uh, some of the naval uh, commanders, specifically Commander Fravor. Uh, he was a I think former Navy commander that had recorded some of the footage that I think the Pentagon's now released. Um, it was there was a series of radar footage um, as well as some other types of uh, scans and. Um, you know, on aircraft recorded data uh, of of UAPs or UFOs that moved in inexplicable ways. Right there, they covered distances of um, of space over um, spans of time that that did did not make sense to our understanding. You mean, our they, understandings you mean of, they went really fast? They went super fast. <laughs> yeah, it's another just a way wordier way of saying it. But we just we uh, we can't fully comprehend, I guess, the speeds that those things traveled with our understanding of physics and aviation. They didn't give off, you know, uh, heat signatures or thermal signatures that we would have expected to see from an aircraft moving at that speed. There were no 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 rotor waves that were seen from them. I know one uh, one of the pilots described the, the flight pattern as a ping pong ball in a solo cup, just shaking around, moving erratically, almost independent of gravity um, at all. So, or, or any air resistance for that matter. And I know some of these objects were seen entering the ocean and disappearing. 
um, jamming the radars of some of these uh, naval pilots, which is otherwise considered an act of war for, you know, for an aircraft to jam the, the, the radar of, of a U.S. pilot, for instance, especially being a foreign aircraft that we weren't able to identify as really even being of this world. But, mm-hmm. um, but then again, there's the question of, is this an aircraft of another government? Is this, you know, an aircraft of the, the ancient Atlantis people under the ocean popping up mm. to resurface? But See, um, now I'm, I said maybe. Okay, and I said maybe because I want to be swayed, John, because I'm not positive either well, way. I, I want and, to I want to speak to all of this because I not this does not hold water. I am thoroughly unconvinced. Wait, and no, I'm, no. Yeah. I was going to say he's convincing me. He, he at least with the passion at which he speaks about this, I'm listening. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to need you to bring something. I'm not passionately against. I just okay. have questions and objections and that's not doing it before we jump in though of like i wanted to mario you've got some footage some ufo kind of footage queued up let's watch some of this yeah that's actually the footage he's talking about okay bring it on let's let's see it convince me there's a whole fleet of them look on the asa my gosh they're all going against the wind the wind's 120 knots to the west that's not our LNS though, is it? It's not. It is an LNS, dude. Well, if there's like a thing, it's rotating. Yeah, this is the part he's talking about with going into the water. It's always some like black and white grainy Bigfoot. It's big. Yeah, I was thinking Bigfoot, yeah. Way far away. Right. You know, of like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Elon Musk had this to say. A lot of people ask me, you know, <laughs> um, where are the aliens? And I, I think if, if anyone would know about aliens on Earth, it would probably be me. I would um, think. Yeah, I'm, you know, very familiar with space stuff. Um, and I've seen no evidence of aliens. So I would, sh- I would immediately tweet, you know, tweet it out. This is split second. I'd be like, that would be like all time. Probably the top tweet of all time. <laughs> that one, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> a jackpot. <laughs> some eight billion likes. You know, um, next level jackpot if you find the, the aliens. Like I don't think they're keeping this under. You know, and it was like some um, uh, general I think in the sixties who, who, who they were saying like, show us the aliens, like Area Fifty One, etc. And he said like, listen. We are constantly trying to get the defense budget to uh, expand. And uh, you know what would really get uh, no arguments for anyone? Uh, if we pulled out an alien <laughs> and said, we need money to protect ourselves from these guys. <laughs> How much money do you want? You got it. <laughs> so here's Elon Musk. I love how he's like, I'm, I know a good bit about space stuff. He's <laughs> a rocket science. And he's he like, is. Ah. Space stuff. I'm like, yeah, I think he he would of like you got Starlink and all these satellites. And I mean, he is pretty knowledgeable about space stuff. And so if anyone would know 
it'd be Elon Musk. And he immediately of like, man, I would let people know as well. And the American military, the government, if we really actually had some concrete evidence after, you know, 70 years of, of all these theories about aliens, like it's always there, like Area 51 stuff, like there's always the kind of under your breath notion that aliens are there. And now here it is as well. But um, I think uh, if the government could produce that, all of a sudden, uh, more than climate crisis or any other crisis that uh, can be brought forth to the mind, aliens would allow them to seize any amount of budget globally. And, And so I think if they had that, they would immediately thrust it forward, you know? And so I think the the, the guy who really should know uh, is saying, hey, there's no evidence. He also goes on in this clip to point out that if there were these super intellects, these aliens, they would find us first. We wouldn't find them. We would be very last to know about it. And if they meant war, they would already have taken us over and they would rule us like ants. Uh, the reason being is, is if they're capable of, you know, space travel, the the largest uh, neighboring galaxy is Andromeda. It's 2.5 million light years away. So assuming that aliens could create spacecraft and travel at the speed of light, you know, at least it may take them 2.5 million years to reach here. I'm like, man, so you got to be super duper old and crazy, crazy smart just to come down in our atmosphere, ping pong around, crash in the desert. And, you know, like, what are you doing, guys? What what are you doing? (laughs) Of like, they'd have to be conceivably, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of millions of years old, super intellects. They would show up and basically just... And and why would they come here if they're after our energy and like some Independence Day kind of scenario of like they need our natural resources? I'm like, well, I I don't know what kind of energy output it requires to you know power a uh, aircraft in space and reach light speed or higher. Uh, but I bet it they're doing just fine on energy if they're capable of doing that. And so. Yeah, it, none of this is really passing the, the smell test. These n- things need to be super powerful, nearly immortal, super intellects. And uh, as Elon Musk says, I don't see any evidence for that. You just see these grainy kind of things. And I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it's uh, like Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, oh, yeah. It was swamp gas that got refracted off mm-hmm. some light from Venus. What was that? From uh, Men in Black? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, like what you said, they would have to be super intelligent. They would have to be advanced. But also, they're really terrible at landing, is what we've learned. (laughs) Like, they can get here, but once they're here, it's like, oh, man, we forgot the landing gear. Yeah. And then they ping pong around and do weird stuff. I'm like, well, you've been learning to fly for millions of years through right. space. Yeah, you, you hit our atmosphere like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we got two options. We can crash or leave. Well, we're out. Yeah, like if you're capable of this type of stuff, you're not hiding from our little tiny dinky F-18s. <laughs> like F-18 is nothing to you. Uh, it's like, oh, we caught him. No, you wouldn't see him first. Yeah. Uh, and that was Elon Musk's point. Uh, any of that uh, strike you? Yeah, no, I I completely agree. If a if it is a super intelligent you know alien race that's far ahead of us and they have the means of space travel across light years, they're they're definitely not going to crash that ship on the planet. You know, I think they're they're beyond the point of uh, making that miscalculation. Uh, you know, millions of light years later, and and to your point, the the energy required 
to travel, you know, light speed or to fold space time on itself and create a wormhole, they're definitely we're not going to we're not going to be, you know, helping them out with their energy needs unless they're just going to, you know, throw a, a Dyson sphere around the sun and absorb all the energy of our of our universe or our galaxy itself. So, dude. so, but, dude. but, but, I but can't, maybe they found some infinity stones. They might have. They might have. <laughs> the but, way, let me get my hat again. Yeah, I'm going no, to get my hat and my space gun. I'm ready. To the way go. I'm ready talks to believe about it. The way he talks about it. I'm like, I don't even know what those words mean, but they sound right. Like, I believe you, Chad. And that throws us into a, 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 a tangent of the conversation in that there, there are classes of, of civilization, uh, one, two, and three, um, being that the Kardashev scale is what it's called. We're, we're below class one, and that means that we haven't yet efficiently been able to harness all of our own planet's energy. You know, class two would be able to harness uh, the, all of the energy of your closest star and then class three would be able to a civilization able to harness the energy of their entire galaxy. So, you know, this is something that's difficult for us to fathom. But the idea being that if there was a civilization that was able to get to that point, they'd be way beyond us. And, and no, I don't think they'd be crashing their ships once they get here, um, which which does take away, I think, a lot of the credibility from some of the stories about recovered crafts and whatnot. You know, maybe the footage of Fravers is a little bit more credible in the sense that seems to be they're they're flying their ships the right way in that they're not uh they're not blowing them up in the in nevada desert and we're recovering them but you know another i I guess really popular testimony i didn't touch on before i don't know if you guys have heard of bob lazar he uh was i think a propulsions engineer that was um claimed to have worked at area 51 i think the biggest testament to that is that there was apparently a roster that was recovered that had his name on it as an employee of Area 51. So he has a full testimony that he's gone in, uh, kind of shared at length, um, sort of had to been coerced to give it because he doesn't actually like talking about it much since he's been ostracized so much for the for the perspective he's had on it. But he's shared a lot of information he had from being an engineer inside Area 51, um, speaking, you know, high level to some of the um, some of the mechanics behind these ships recovered uh, an element. I don't know if it's 115. There's there's an, an entire element. It's basically yes, yes, like this alien element that was said to have been uh, in possession at Area 51 and, and being studied. Um, that uh, yeah, that allowed you know some kind of manipulation of space and energy and time that we couldn't understand. All that jazz. Um, but again, to the point of if they get here with their ship and that ship ends up in our hands. That seems a little bit unbelievable, unless, of course, that civilization was gifting us this ship as a tool to help us kind of progress along. And I think that's maybe the more believable perspective is that they'd want to help us if they were to come here. So I don't like this alien obsession. I didn't mind it up until the present where we've got so many crises and there's so much happening in the news cycle. Something comes out and it's the hot thing and everyone's talking about whatever Bud Light or Target or Story Hour drag queens, and then there's some Biden stuff and there's Trump stuff, and then it just the news cycle is like it's dizzying. I can't keep up with it, and whatever is the biggest deal right now, I won't even remember it in two weeks because it, everything is so sensationalistic. Then it's all of a sudden of like, oh yeah, and aliens exist and they're there. And I'm like, man, what I think is it 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 is a danger that we would be distracted by thoughts of like extraterrestrials. And I'm like, we got a a bunch of crap going on right now, right now. 
Uh, and then I think it's also dangerous in that if people fear this, we're going to hand over more control to the globalist elites and our own governments of like climate crisis. Give me all the power in the world and we, your rulers, will save the world. And, and climate, you can throw that as an umbrella over. This is more important than everything else. We got to save the planet. And here, I'm like, no, no, we got to save the universe, more power, more money. And so I find it a, a, a humongous distraction and a very scary thing that the globalists, I think, would benefit immensely from the people believing in aliens. Uh, you know, of like, I think uh, back during like Cold War era as well, uh, I saw this on Rogan. I'm trying to remember exactly the timing of the conflict and the particulars of it. But this guy high up in the Area 51 stuff, uh, was privy to some information when it was really just kind of like a Russian psyop where they're like sewing midgets and, you know, doing weird kind of, uh, Dr. Uh, what is that? Uh, Dr. Moreau. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of doing weird stuff. And then you crash it out in the desert and like, what the crap? And it's, it was all men as a psyop to distract and cause, mm. you know, weird asymmetric panic. Mm. And so I don't know, but I know that if there was some, hostile race of super intellect, nearly immortal beings, they would find us first and we'd be screwed before we ever even knew what was going on. So if mm -hmm. they're there and they're hostile, you're screwed and you can't do anything about it. If they're not there, you're going to waste a whole bunch of time and give the keys to the palace to government or global elites who want you to be distracted and fearful. So either way, I don't find this a very fruitful conversation, but I think it can play on the American people and the uh, global world in general because of a few reasons. One is we have been watching alien takeover movies for decades now, and we're primed to we've seen it. And we kind of hope it's to be true. And I've thought a lot about that of like, why do people want there to be aliens? And I have a theory about this. Um, and that is, is uh, here, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll start with the question of like, hey, Chad, do you think it's possible that aliens exist? I think so. Do you think it's possible that they're like super ancient and powerful creatures? I think it's possible. Do you think it's possible that there's you know, maybe just a few of them? Yes. Do you think it's possible there's just one of them and his name is God? Yes. And so, you know, like, I think that's really what it is, is I think we have a pre-programmed disposition to understand there's something vast, smart, powerful that is outside and beyond us. It's a pre-programmed mechanism in the human heart to recognize that you have... Uh, there is a God out there. And I think the desire to believe in an alien or some type of alien race is a malfunctioning mechanism uh, that's supposed to be reaching for creator God and instead reaches for anything but God. Like Daw Richard Dawkins, the famous atheist and biologist, uh, will decry anyone who argues for the existence of God. That is absolutely absurd. But he does believe life was seeded on this planet by aliens. So he's quick to believe with wild faith that the, the aliens are here, but absolutely no chance that there's a God here. And so I find that extremely intellectually biased and disconnected that, oh, as soon as you call the alien God, nope, I'm out. And so I'm like, I, I think people hate the idea of a God, but also are, you know, we're hardwired to believe in that, uh, that piece. So, um, 
Anyway, what, what do you think of that? I I, th- I definitely understand where you're coming from. I think from my from my part, I I don't see uh, a potential alien you know civilization as a replacement for God. I see them as more byproducts of God, just like we are. I think that they would have spent you know eons asking them this, themselves the same questions that we have. You know, I think they would have gone through a series of you know deities and gods and goddesses to to explain the worlds or the world around them. You know, and those phenomena they didn't understand until they you know got to a point of maybe whether it be enlightenment or of um, of an actual unification under under one God compared to, you know, religious warfare that was keeping them apart before. Um, I'm not sure, you know, where they would be, but I, I don't see the existence of alien life as, yeah, as a replacement for, you know, for for creation, really, and for God. I see them as, uh, as, as part of that creation, really, gotcha. just at a different point kind of than we are here. Do you think it's possible that these uh, higher life forms uh, exist in a uh, plane outside of the physical, natural laws of the universe that we see? Uh, Like maybe they're unobservable with the the human eye. Absolutely. I think we... 5% 5% of our universe is visible matter. The other uh, 70% is dark energy. The other 25% is dark matter. Um, that's, you know, that's that's 5%. That's that, that, that leaves 95% of something that we really can't interact with. We can't see with our eye. We can see the effects of dark energy and matter on space around it uh, through gravitational lensing, but we, we, we know so little about it. And we are so limited in our in our tools to kind of understand the universe around us. I think one one amazing fact uh, that I'm not definitely the first one to to comment on is just that the the fact that we can know the universe I think is incredible that it, that it's knowable, right? Mm. Um, Einstein uh, I know likened his idea or understanding of God at one point in his life to to the you know the creator. Um, and the librarian of this this library of uh, of the universe that does have an order to it, right? We can sort of take a book off the shelf and and read it, and then understand something about that universe. Um, and I think that was a cool way of, of of hearing that put from somebody who arguably had a better understanding of the way the universe worked than anyone who's ever lived. Um, so yeah, I see that 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 order itself as maybe um, again a, a a signal of something left by God that. This is a universe we're in, but we can understand it, right? We can right. learn from it, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, for, for my part, I believe of like, okay, if you have a creation, you must have a creator. Like, if you have a house, everyone knows that there was a builder of that house because wherever you have a creation, you have a creator. Wherever you have design, you have a designer. You know, like you have to have that. Uh, otherwise, uh, as you rewind the universe, you end up in this infinite regress where you have to just stop and say, "This thing always existed." But to say that about the natural order is as if to say, kind of like, you're your own father, you know, of like, no, something, the natural world must proceed from something outside of the natural order that caused it to exist. A supernatural, which isn't um, confined to the laws of the natural universe, the unmoved mover uh, created the universe. And so that's the only, uh, you know, thing that actually makes any sense to me at all. Even when uh, some atheistic folks will say of like, well, it's inflation and Big Bang and all the matter in the universe was just compressed down really tiny. I'm like, well, you still got the same. You just got something wildly dense, but all the matter still there and energy. It's just, you know, packed in. I'm like, just make you made it small, but you, where did it all come from still? And I, I think this is 
this is a, a, a natural understanding that leads me to, uh, to believe of like, no, there has to be the unmoved mover. The universe can't create itself. It would have already exist to do so. You can't be your own father and the universe can't cause itself. There must be a supernatural origin. And once you invoke supernatural, uh, a lot of folks who are logically minded beings who are very quick to believe in aliens and just as we agreed, well, what if there are higher life forms that exist in a plane that we can't see or discern? You know, maybe they're not is is shackled by the rules of the universe. I'm like, great. Well, how about angels and demons? And I'm like, what? That's stupid. I'm like, well, no, no, no. Substitute instead of saying angel and demons, say alien. I'm like, okay, I'm good now. I'm like, it just seems like supremely, uh, it's an intellectual cognitive disconnect where it's really the whole alien thing for most folks. It's really just anything but God anything but God. I want to believe in something higher, just don't call it God, therefore I'd need to be accountable. And so that's where I come from. Now, I do think it's logically possible that God created life somewhere else in the universe. It, it's possible. So it's not like a hard line where I'm being like, the Bible said no alien. I'm like, no, no it doesn't. It doesn't really say anything uh, about that. I, I could I could lean into some certain passages. I'm like, well, this kind of maybe that, but it's still, I think at the end of the day, in, in closely examining the entirety of the Bible, uh, I can't point to anything that says yay or nay. It becomes an argue from, argument from silence. I think God could do whatever God wants, and he could have, you know, tons of life forms on, on galaxies so wildly far away, we couldn't possibly know. Uh, I do hope that they wouldn't be fallen race like we are, because if they are and they're super sophisticated, then they're just going to crush us. So hopefully they made out in a perpetual Edenic unfallen state, and so they will come in peace, you know? <laughs> that, that would be, that would be a-okay. But, um, uh, you know, on the God or the creation idea, I wanted to return to your initial statement where, where folks will say, well, the universe, it's just so big and it's so old, surely something else would have to exist. And I'd say, well, in, an, in a, a universe or a reality that had no God, which I think is impossible, but let's just play the thought experiment, uh, it would be impossible, according to mathematicians, statisticians, physicists, for life to accidentally arise, to have a life-permitting universe that not only it was life-permitting, uh, but actually you made the jump from dead rock to actual life, single cell cellular and then multicellular and then sentient, it completely goes against the laws of thermodynamics and entropy where, where we're, we're never coming from, you know, a, a position of uh, disorder to a high level of crazy order that keeps going of like, it, it is unthinkable. It denies the universal cosmic constants that the universe is fine-tuned with. It's a mathematical impossibility, as Oxford uh, um, mathematician Roger Penrose would say. It's like, it's just, uh, you know, 10 with uh, zeros as far as you can go. <laughs> it's like, it can't happen. We don't actually have enough time. And so the, uh, the real answer isn't, or the real question isn't, well, the universe is so big, how could there not be something out there? The real question is of like, well, in a godless universe, how is it possible we're even here? And the answer is, is it's impossible that we're here. And then it's quite natural to say, well, if it's impossible that we're even here, then it still remains impossible that something else could be out there. 
unless God made it, and then God could do whatever he wanted. But uh, that's where I land. So uh, I don't find the argument, because everything's big and old, it must exist. No, it's big and old, and we shouldn't exist in the first place. Yeah, we do. And that's that's the hard question. It's why is there something when there should be nothing? Agreed. I, I mean, and, and that is the big question, <laughs> for sure. I think, um, I think for the perspective, to your point, John, an, an atheistic perspective of you know, the acceptance of the infinitesimal odds of the appearance of life, you know, even even with those first two points I made, even with the scale and the time on hand, those odds are still, again, unfathomable, infinitesimal. And so I think that that atheistic perspective, you know, whether it's abiogenesis or cosmogenesis of some kind, panspermia, um, you know, spontaneous generation, all of these things that take in my opinion, a, a, a bigger leap of faith than, you know, than an atheistic mind would, would, tell, um, would tell somebody of faith that, that believes in, in creation. They, they'd consider that the leap of faith, right? But, but again, statistics, math uh, tells us the opposite. Which a lot of the spontaneous generation of like, it, it completely contradicts the laws of science. And so you, a scientist, go way down the rabbit trail and then find yourself contradicting the natural laws of the universe so that you don't have to believe in a supernatural origin. Right. I'm like, no, supernatural, it fleshes out. Of A supernatural God doesn't have to have a beginning. So, for instance, it's, it is logically comprehensible for a supernatural to always have existed. Now, it'll hurt your brain to think about it. I'm like, well, how could that happen? I'm like, well, you're thinking in, as a finite creature in a finite universe. But imagine, the, you know, you weren't subject to the natural laws of the universe. You are supernatural, and you don't have to have a beginning or end. And so uh, that makes a lot more sense to me. You know, the laws of logic are something that it, it's like it, they always exist. Math, for instance, it's there, uh, and, and it can exist independently of a creation as a infinite reality and truth. And so there's concepts that can uh, exist infinitely beyond the constructions in the minds of men. Even if a mind wasn't there to perceive it, those laws would still be there. Uh, and in the same way, a supernatural deity could be there uh, as a fixed thing. And it's a bit of a poor comparison. However, it, it is a helpful stepping stone uh, of something we know to something we don't. Sure. Without opening up another rabbit hole that uh, I'm even less qualified to speak on um, and in the quantum realm of things, but but there you do begin to see uh, almost uh, the, a, a disobeying of some of these laws that we that we think we understand so well, and almost supernatural behavior, yeah. so to speak. Things that we're still really obviously trying to wrap our heads around. But but uh, but like you said, John, it, it'll it'll hurt your brain to think about. But um, but but the idea that there's obviously a lot going on on a lot of different scales that we we simply aren't aren't able to observe, aren't able to measure, yeah. um, and that. That 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 boundary of our of our measurement of our observation of our understanding is, I think, much larger than most people are probably willing to acknowledge. Especially people yeah. that try to stay rooted in facts, science, data. It's like, okay, you know some things, but are you count, are you factoring in that which we don't know, which is which always outweighs that which you do know. Yeah. So it's amazing where you know the logical scientific minds will all of a sudden make this huge faith leap that is just in incredible to me. I remember watching secular scientist Lawrence Krauss uh, debate Dr. William Lane Craig, uh, and I watched him as this, 
you know, science guy uh, um, took off his uh, like button up shirt and underneath it says two plus two equals five. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, for ex- extremely large uh, quantities of two. And I'm like, no, 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 you're, 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 it's a semantical distinction here, but a lot of times guys will take these physical laws of the universe, drill down until they give like, ooh, there's quantum and there's some stuff we don't understand. And therefore somewhere in the mix of stuff we don't understand, it all works out and we don't need God. It becomes a reverse God in the gaps. It's an atheism in the gaps kind of thing. And then it makes a full jump into the unknown of like, the multiverse exists. And I'm like, you just went wildly into the mythological of like, you've never observed it. You can't test it. Of like, You're nowhere even close to the scientific method. You can't, you have like an infinite amount of universes being pumped out of an infinite amount of like universe creating machines of like, you, there, you can't observe it. You, you, you have no data to support it. It's just but I believe it. I'm like, that's, that's crazy pills, mythological blind faith to me. So anyway, there's that. <laughs> Aliens! Hey! <laughs> so did you guys see yeah. that flight go down in uh, Las Vegas recently? That's pretty crazy. Do we have footage of that? We do have What's the Las that? Vegas one. Yeah, let's see yeah, the yeah, Las Vegas one. Conversation with a few people when the mysterious glowing object appeared in the distance. It was only visible for a couple of seconds and was traveling quickly down toward the Earth. Some people have described the object as blue. Others say it looked green. Either way, it was out. So this is a dispatch conversation from someone who called about it. Sure. I swear to God, this is not a joke. One witness calling 911 after they say an object fell out of the sky and landed in their backyard. They're like nine foot, ten foot tall. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes. The mysterious object that fell from the sky, even the officers apparently saw that. The green glow of the alleged UFO is seen on this newly released body camera footage. Yeah, sorry, I just, I don't trust the media. I don't trust Mm -hmm. my own eyes. We're in the era of deep fakes where every conspiracy comes true in like six months. And I don't trust Big Brother. I don't trust the glow, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, where is it now? Why, Mm -hmm. Why do all I have is the glowing green light. And then, oh, it got cordoned off by authorities and no one's allowed to see it. And I'm like, sorry, bro. Sorry. Derailing the conversation a little bit. Um, and a little bit more information on that too. It took them an hour to respond. I was telling Heath earlier that if if I was a cop still and I got a call from someone who says that there's crazy aliens in my backyard, I would have been like, hey, I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing right now. I'm going to go over there and find out you what's would, going on. You would have drug your feet because you know a cop being there of like, oh, this is going to be a whole new form of racism. <laughs> I'm going to get in a lawsuit because the 10-foot man with a space laser, you know, of like, he was green and it's like, green lives matter. And you just, everyone freaks out on you. If like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag my feet responding to this call. I don't want to be the catalyst that starts a new race war with an inter, intergalactic entity. I'm, I'm dragging my feet as a cop. Yeah, that's, uh, but th- that was like really the only thing I had to say about that was, why did it take him an hour to respond to it? Like, <laughs> I, if, I, if I had someone pulled over, I would have definitely been like, here's your license back. I'm going to take you. You can go on your way. I'm going to, I'm going to go figure out what's going on over there, but. I think that's fair, but I think the alternative is some dudes that were uh, that heard that call and said, "Yeah, I'm not interested in uh, in investigating a downed UFO and maybe running into alien life that's right true. now." Yeah, that's not true. trying to get vaporized tonight, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's- well, like, <laughs> well, Chad on that. If he's the cop, I'm like, <laughs> I finally found the evidence. Oh, I'm no, 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 I'm he's running there. towards. He's there. And me, I'm kind of like, 
Yeah. Okay. Not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right there. And then I finished my sandwich. <laughs> I'm not, I don't believe, I don't believe, you know, of like, hey, I'm, I, I'll continue to watch. So it's not an emphatic of like digging in heels of like, it's impossible. Of like, man, but none of it passes the smell test to me. I think it's a distraction that is dangerous because we need to be present in this moment uh, when uh, our world powers, our ruling class wants to subjugate us. They they want money and power, and they will stop at nothing to do it. And this is just one more way you distract people uh, and uh, steal essential liberty uh, and, and create a complete new world order, uh, which has been happening for years. Um, climate emergency is something to do that. The COVID emergency was a way to do that. And here, aliens, maybe they're like, let's see if this takes. And if it does... <sighs> pump that story up and all these little sightings, which are little clues, but it's never quite con- conclusive of like, you, you you won't be able to like, it's always like, oh, cordoned off and you can't see it. I'm like, of course, of course. I'll wait for some real data because if Elon Musk says there's no evidence, well, I'm like, well, all this stuff actually counts as evidence to me. It's just, is the evidence tenable or is it not? And I find it not tenable. I don't want to be the, you know, the, the guy who uh, atheists will debate me of like, there's no evidence for the existence of God. I'm like, come, dude. Yeah, yes, there is. You, you have, of there, there's evidence. You can find evidence. There's a flying spaghetti monster around the Cosmo. You could find, well, there's spaghetti. I'm like, see, that's evidence. Well, like, yeah, well, the evidence wasn't tenable, but sure, you can submit, you know, craft spaghetti as Exhibit A. Sure, <laughs> but people don't understand what the nature of evidence is. Uh, people being smug. So I don't want to be the smug guy. Uh, but uh, yeah. There okay. You go. Well, Aliens. As, okay. As the maybe guy, I've listened to both arguments, and here's what I'm my conclusion I'm coming to. There's no little green men with big eyes. Uh, there is something supernatural. Uh, angels and demons sound sound right to me. And there are UFOs, unidentified flying objects, but they're not necessarily alien in nature. I hope that we have some crazy, wild, awesome tech because these sightings seem to always be around military bases. Mm-hmm. Um. And so hopefully we got some really, really cool tech flying around that nobody knows about. And I would love that to be like, all right, we're really still the superpower. They haven't stolen all the tech. Uh, it could be that, or perhaps in this day and age of like, I know in Vegas, you could go see the David Copperfield things and somehow you can't believe your eyes. He like landed a spaceship on top of everyone. It's like, what the crap? And, and I guess mm-hmm. it's holograms and lights. And mm-hmm. in the day and age, would I mean, we we could do that like a decade ago. And like it, the public who already is primed wanting to believe in something, you know, maybe it's not an actual flying object that's doing impossible things. Maybe we're just showing some visual representation of that to spool and spoof. And so I have no idea what's going on, but no, I don't think we have aliens from uh, that have traveled light years over the course of millions of years with super intellects and we're going to find them first and then crash in the in somebody's backyard i'm like nope that sounds nope no, <laughs> nope. nope yeah nope well, not buying it not buying it great discussion uh podcast guys thanks so much for tuning in we're going to say goodbye to you we got training tips we got q and ambush and we got dad jokes that's only on watchwpsn.com uh sign up check us out and then you can download us in the app store wherever apps are and uh hang out with us we'd appreciate the support see you guys